Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. So I'm excited to announce this new sponsor. And this one is for people like me who may be curious about your levels of certain nutrients and minerals. We know on a carnivore diet that the requirements for certain minerals and nutrients are different than the recommended daily amounts. And we also know that we aren't getting as much of certain minerals and nutrients. So how can you know if you're getting enough? And more importantly, if you're absorbing those things, if you're taking, for instance, vitamin D or magnesium, You may want to know whether the supplement is actually doing anything, or you may just want to know how much of certain vitamins you're getting through your food. So what's one way to accurately test all of this? In this case, I'm talking about Upgraded Formulas, Upgraded Hair Test Kit, and their consultation. And I had Barton Scott on, the founder of Upgraded Formulas, to talk about this. He's fantastic. And their minerals can really help you absorb things that can vanquish those hidden deficiencies that may be affecting your thyroid, your adrenal, or other things. So check out the test and consultation at UpgradedFormulas.com and save 15% on your first purchase with the code CARNIVORE15 at checkout. Thanks and enjoy the show. Jen Winkler, at Coach Jen Winkler, the ketogenic mom, started Carnivore to help battle epilepsy and now helps women with fertility. She's also helped the rest of her family alleviate a variety of health conditions with keto and carnivore diets. Jen is a certified master primal health coach who helps moms to feel rejuvenated using simple, healthy eating. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's a real privilege. Yeah, of course. Um, And yeah, would love to hear, you know, your story, how you got to the place you're at, um, and then we'll definitely want to dive into um, some topics that uh, we were discussing um, over Instagram. Yeah, definitely. Lead on. So can you tell me a little bit about your background um, and, and your battle with epilepsy and, and how that led you to a carnivore diet? Yes. So I was diagnosed with um, what they call juvenile myoclonic epilepsy because, well, a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of different kinds of epilepsy. So mine was called JME, diagnosed at 12 years old. And um, at first they thought it was just fainting. And then when I had another one, they said, nope, it's epilepsy. So I've been on a variety of medications throughout my life. One of them, one of the first ones I, as a teen, I didn't even realize I had it anymore. I would just take the pill and I, I was fine. But little did I know it was starting to create havoc in my body. So I slowly started gaining weight um, until in high school, I was about 200 pounds. College, I reached over 220, I think, 225, somewhere around there. And um, in college, I also got pancreatitis due to that medication. So the medication that was working well in the aspect of controlling the seizures actually made a lot of things worse. So I was hospitalized for over a week um, with, I don't remember anything of it. They just had me under. And, uh, that's when they switched meds. And then I started having seizures again, um, a lot more than I did when I was on Depakote, the first medication, uh, during that time in college, I reached out to my neurologist cause I don't remember where, but I found, I think I was trying to look up natural ways to heal epilepsy thinking, Oh, maybe there's something up there, which I was right. 
Um, and I came across the ketogenic diet. And when I asked my neurologist at that time, I was living in Boston or south of Boston. And they said, oh, that's just for children. And even the children that they do do it on, it's pretty dangerous. So I was like, okay. You know, I was, I think, 20 years old at that time. So I just continued on with medication. And then each medication kept failing. So then they had me on two or more medications. And it just kept getting worse. So I should preface that the seizures did stop in 2005, being on a heavy dose of the medication. But the side effects were very strong. A lot of mental side effects, a lot of high anxiety, high panic attacks, um, a lot of insomnia and like irritability, mood swings, just pretty much anything you can name with mental um, health side effects, I was getting them. But at that time, not knowing anything else I could do, I said, well, it's better than driving, having a seizure and dying, you know? Um, So I was trying to pick my battles. 2018, well, I got married, had a kid, gained almost 100 pounds with that pregnancy. Doctor was like, oh, it's fine. You're fine. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But when my son was almost two, 2018, the documentary that many people have seen, The Magic Pill. My husband and I watched it and we've seen plenty of different health-related documentaries, some vegan, some juicing, some whatever. But there was something about this one when they showed the testimonies of, in particular, the little girl that was non-verbal autistic and then eventually speaking. Um, and, And they backed it with science versus being very subjective. So my husband and I decided, hey, let's just try it. He has colitis. Um, He's been in remission since we started it in 2018. So no signs of it anymore. Um, So he knew he needed to do something. I knew I needed to do something. So we did it ourselves. And he was better within five months of of starting ketogenic. And, And we didn't really know at that time where to go to find the information to make sure we're doing it right. We just knew, okay, high fat, moderate protein, very low carb made the mistakes a lot of people make in the beginning, fixed the mistakes and continued on. Eventually I started to titrate lower on my medication, eventually getting off of one of them, continuing to stay seizure-free, continuing to see weight loss. Cause I was again at 220 at that time when we started, Uh, got down 80 pounds and now the scale doesn't move as much, but the body comp continues to change. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was us. Like I, I'm on a pretty, I'm still on medication. I'm on a very, very low dose. So compared to before I was taking nine pills a day, um, plus tons of supplements because of what the medication was depriving me of. And I'm currently only on four. So that's so, and, and to be completely transparent, cause that's the type of person I am. I could go lower. I am just scared. I will be honest. It's a scary thing to think like, okay, maybe this ketogenic is helping with the medication. I don't know. I pray one day I can get to the point that I'm like, let's lower it again. And I may, this is just where I'm at right now. Um, So yeah, there's that. I have my five-year-old son who's on the autism spectrum and he eats pretty much the way we eat. Um, And my mom who is legally blind, I take care of here at our home also. And she does as well. So I know we'll get into all that stuff as, as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. And and I can I can't imagine um, what it's been like, but I can certainly understand that um, 
you know, it, it is scary going off medication, um, especially something that's helped you and, um, you know, kept you away from some very scary symptoms. So totally get that. Um, have you connected with others in the keto or carnivore community who have, um, use the diets to help with epilepsy. I know that's like one of the most well-documented studies and one of the most documented areas around the ketogenic diet is in its clinical use for epilepsy, particularly in children. Yeah. Um, so when I started sharing my story, I'm primarily all on Instagram. Uh, there were a lot of people reaching out to ask, you know, how can I do this for my epilepsy? Um, I do chat with a couple people who are using ketogenic for their epilepsy, although I haven't, not thinking about it, I haven't heard from them recently, so I'm not sure. Uh, but a lot of people have reached out, especially people in Canada. Apparently, it's very difficult up there to find someone to help you do it in a therapeutic manner. I do know a couple people who live there who have spoken at conferences like KetoCon and stuff. And I usually send them that direction. I say, hey, go talk to this person. She's really well-versed in this, that it did it for her epilepsy. Um, Jillian Solos is one of them. I don't know if you've had her on or if you've spoken to her, but oh. she's pretty well-known in the keto space. Um, and she lives up there and she she's completely off medication. She's ketogenic, healed it all. So she has an incredible story. Um, so I usually send people her way or some others. Uh, but yeah, it's, I haven't connected to too much, just hearing, just listening and being a listening voice in a sense. I, some of them asked me to help them or coach them. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's out of my scope. I have to be really careful on that. But I do send them to places like the Trolley Foundation, Matthew's Friends. Those are two fantastic resources for anybody, not just children um, who have epilepsy and are looking for a more natural way to potentially be off the medication or control the seizures better. And you went, mentioned the weight that it's helped you lose weight, but what are some of the other effects that you've experienced um, using the carnivore diet? Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, I should have mentioned that part. I did forget. So I was keto since 2018 until 2021. Oh, okay. And, and I realized the reason I changed to carnivore at that time was my sugar addiction was still being fed by keto treats. And mm. I just, couldn't, I couldn't break that cycle. Um, no matter how much mental game I played, I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do veggies and whatever. But I have a five-year-old, so I'm going to have some treats that he can have that are low sugar. And it just kept feeding him. Um, I kept doing the almond flour, coconut flour treat stuff. And I was starting to gain a lot of weight back uh, and just not feeling well, getting some, a lot of skin stuff was popping up. So I said, well, let me just try the carnivore. I, I was nervous because my primary goal with this was always the epilepsy. And then secondary tertiary goals are the insulin resistance, PCOS, um, mental, all, all those kind of things. I said, well, okay, let's logically look at this. When you're in a carnivore, you are going to be fat adapted. You are going to be keto adapted. So it should still produce ketones and it should therefore help with the epilepsy. Sure enough, going on keto, I mean, sorry, going on carnivore, my ketones skyrocketed right away. I also was working out of the gym, doing a lot more lifting. I'm trying to build muscle um, to help with the insulin sensitivity in the sense. And, and so I think the combination of those two were perfect. And therefore, then that started leading to the weight loss part that you were just speaking of. I was trying to reconnect in my mind where I was going with this. But yeah, it started helping with the weight loss. I lost probably in the past year and half-ish, 
I would say about 10 pounds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I've gone down a couple pants size and I don't have a lot more I need to do. It's just recomping. So that um, sleep is fantastic. I might wake up once or twice, but I fall right back asleep and I can actually fall asleep much quicker too. I wake up more refreshed. Um, another big one that I don't hear talked about a lot is patience, like just understanding and being calm with my five-year-old when it feels like all hell is breaking loose. (laughs) I can stay chill with him and I can reason with him instead of losing my mind. Right. Yeah. That's huge. Um, Yeah, it is. And, And it's, you know, we talk a lot in this space about what is your why, why are you doing this? Why do you want to eat this way? What do you want to change? My why is always my son. But he's he's the biggest one. And a lot of moms that come to me, that's their big thing is I want to do this for my kid so I can be there for them. I can talk to them. I can have fun with them. And, and that's mine. That's that's why I do this is so I can relate to him, so I can understand him and, and I can be the mom that he needs. Um, but yeah, I would say under to, to wrap up that question is mainly a lot of the sleep, the stress relief, um, the strength to go work out and feel better. It's kind of that domino effect. And um, yeah, definitely the, the medication aspect, feeling, um, just feeling good overall, you know, finding a sense of purpose and, and feeling that I am who I am meant to be, if that makes sense, if it doesn't sound so cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, uh, I think a lot of people, um, experience something similar uh, on this type of diet. Um, and Jen, what is what is your version of a carnivore diet look like for you? Um, like, what is the typical day of eating? If you're like me, carnivore has helped your digestion a lot, but you may still have some lingering problems. You may have gas, bloating, may have constipation. Many people on the carnivore diet still experience some of these things. Masszymes is a supplement by Bioptimizers, which can really help. It's an enzyme that improves digestion, reduces gas and bloating, and provides relief from constipation. I take Masszymes most days with my breakfast because as our body ages, it produces fewer enzymes, so it becomes harder to quickly digest and assimilate food, particularly large amounts of fat and protein like we have on a carnivore diet. They're offering an awesome free bundle, which includes a bottle of Masszymes, three free eBooks, and it's only available while stock lasts. You want to go to this exclusive link to take advantage of it. It's masszymes.com slash carnivorecast free. That's M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com slash carnivorecast free. All one word. Check out the link in the notes of this podcast or on my Instagram bio. And thanks for supporting the show. Mine <laughs> depends on the month, I would say. Most of the time I stay with any, uh, I would say beef, pork, chicken. I do seafood twice a week. I make sure I do that, especially with PCOS. I want to get my omega-3s in and I always make sure it's wild caught. The beef, I'm not like, it's, I don't need it to be grass finished. That's like a whole nother conversation we can get into, but I don't feel like <laughs> that's a need. Is yeah. it better? Yes, it's not a need. Uh, so to all those dairy, I limit again, because of the PCOS, the type, if I can get raw dairy, I'll do it again. It's expensive picking and battle my choose picking my battles in this inflation time. Um, so I limit the dairy big time and just do all that, the seafood and the meats and 
I do have the only one thing that I guess you could say is non-carnivore is there's a protein powder I buy that's made from grass-fed beef, but it also has cocoa and stevia. That's like my one somewhat cheat, but I don't notice any ill effects from it. I'm fine. So that's how I feel carnivore is. It's it's some people will be on it forever, seems like, and that's fine for them. For myself, I'd like to use it more as an elimination diet in a sense to figure out what else can I have? Mainly because of the mental aspect. Some people can handle it. Totally good props for them. Myself, I need some variety here and there and not just variety amongst meats. I just feel better if I can have like a few carrot sticks after dinner or something like that. So it just, it's the mind game that I'm still working on myself. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And um, can you talk about uh, what it's been like to share this way of eating with your family and some of the results they've had. Yeah, definitely. So like I mentioned, my husband, he started it with me mainly just to support. It wasn't, he didn't know it would help him at that time with the colitis. But ever since then, he's been, I think at first he was diving into all this a lot more than I was, you know, all the podcasts and the YouTubes and all the stuff. So he would be telling me about it. And he actually tried carnivore last year during Lent. And he's like, oh, I'll just try carnivore for 40 days. And he loved it. I don't, I'm trying to convince him to do it again. Um, but he, he has been in remission. I would say his version of keto is a very heavy animal based. And he still has his veggies in the evening primarily. I don't think he has anything really during the day. Sometimes he'll have a small handful of almonds or nuts. Um, but most of the day is like meats and, oh, and eggs and butter. We all do that too. Um, yeah. So he it's just whatever's dinner, he'll have some maybe tomato sauce mixed with vegetables and whatever else. So it's, it's not even that much. My mom is the same way. She basically just eats whatever we make. <laughs> so her case is very interesting because she has been legally blind since I was in fifth grade. And with uh, what you call retinitis pigmentosa. So I believe it's her retina is detached and non-functioning. She also has glaucoma and the glaucoma is what was leading her to complete blindness. So she has a little bit of sight left. Ever since she moved here where we live now in Arizona, uh, she her eye pressure has been the best it's ever been her whole life. So it, it's almost like that's a, I guess like they're calling Alzheimer's a diabetes of the brain, like a type three diabetes. To me, I would say her eyesight issue was like a diabetic aspect of the eye because it affects the eye pressure. It kept increasing with all the carbs she was having. Now that she's extremely low carb, very heavy animal base, her every time she goes to the doctor, it's like, I can't believe my eye pressure is this low. And she is, she's retaining that little bit of vision she has left. So that's really helpful. And she can see her grandson grow and you know, still spend time with family. And she's not, she's only 64, you know, so she still has life to live. She reversed her fatty liver, her fibromyalgia, her arthritis, all those kind of things vastly improved um, living with us and eating the way that we're eating. And then my son, who's five, we didn't start him this way right away. Obviously, we didn't know what we were getting into fully. Once we learned a lot of the science behind it, we said, okay, no more no more Cheez-Its, no more goldfish, no more processed foods um, now that we know what that can do. And it was right around that time that he also got diagnosed with um, autism spectrum disorder. So even more so, we were like, we need to have you get this way. I, 
I wish I could remember exactly how the transition happened. Um, he's a pretty intelligent kid, actually. He's, he's very high functioning. So I'm pretty sure during that time when we would go grocery shopping and he would see the goldfish, I would just remind him, you know what? That's just not something we're buying right now. It's not healthy for us. We want to be able to grow healthy and strong. And then as he grew older, we explained more of what the foods do. Now he's almost six and it's really cute, like bringing him into this and we'll be at Costco and he'll hold on to like the coconut milk or something. He's reading the nutrition facts and the ingredients. Yesterday at Target, there was some juice he saw and it had in big capital letters, one gram of sugar. So he's like, mom, is one gram of sugar? Okay. <laughs> I said, buddy, for you, <laughs> that's okay. You know, you're, you're metabolically healthy. You're fine. I didn't use that word. He doesn't know what that means, but um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's okay for you. If you want to get this, and you know, we read the ingredients, he reads it, he reads the calories and all the stuff. I hope that doesn't lead down like a really negative path. But of course, as parents, we'll watch it and make sure he knows, you know, just having a well, a properly well-balanced diet, not what society says is well-balanced, but well-balanced for him. So he, he's a very heavy animal-based um, I think the only like non-carnivore stuff they'll have is some granola in his yogurt, like the keto granola type of thing. And he'll have some fruits. So he is a fruit person, um, but we did his blood work actually recently and everything's fine. So I'm not concerned with the way he's eating. It's, he's, um, it's helped him a lot. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like both your son and um, your mother are very lucky to have you. And uh, it's great that your husband is joining in on it as well. I know that makes things a lot easier. Yeah. No, thank you. I, it's, it's, I'm just really blessed to be able to have experienced learning all that this entails and what it helps. And um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I knew it would help her fatty liver and help her lose weight and arthritis, but I didn't even know it would help the eyes. So that was kind of cool to learn. Yeah, very cool. Um, and can you talk about helping women with fertility? Where did that start and um, how do you do that? Yeah, so I would say it's been five years. Um, five years ago, I was trained as um, what we call a natural family, natural family um, planning practitioner. So I was trained in symptothermal method, which is a method to track a woman's cycle and using their basal body temperature to take their temperature every morning. And using that method, we can tell when they ovulate. Well, we can tell within the window of like when they're not fertile and when they are fertile. But using that method as well, we can also see sometimes some medical issues that'll be happening. So some of my clients that take the class, they will see their temperature is pretty low. And they don't have enough of a temperature rise after ovulation or um, sometimes after ovulation, a typical part of their cycle is 12 to 14 days is the luteal phase. It's usually around there. If it's a very short one, maybe it's only five days. So there's all these ways of reading their chart where it's essentially another health marker. That's one thing I try to tell a lot of women is by tracking your cycle, it's like tracking your heart rate. It's like tracking your blood pressure. It's, it's, a, it's a health marker. You can see if something if there's a red flag. So any of those things I named, a lot of times I'll be able to tell them, Hey, this is going to be a problem. It's signaling something is wrong. It can be your thyroid. It could be estrogen dominance. It can be low progesterone, all those kind of things. So sometimes I will, in, in those situations, those type of clients are separate from my health coaching. So that one, I have to refer to a doctor. If I, in my health coaching practice, 
have a woman that knows how to chart, or I can kind of guide them on a simple way of learning. And we see those red flags. I actually have the capability to order labs at this point. So I can order those hormonal markers and help them see where an underlying cause can be. So that's one of the things I do. The primary focus I like to help women in fertility is if they have a PCOS diagnosis, if they have insulin resistance, um, PMS is a really big one, really heavy periods. That's another one, keto. It's like later on, you start realizing all these things that it helped that you didn't realize it would help. But yeah, PMS, heavy bleeding, irregular cycles, all those things keto helped with also. I haven't taken ibuprofen for my period in like, I don't know how long. It's It's been a really long time. I haven't had cramps. I haven't had heavy stuff. Um, so helping the women relieve those things. And then the big one is energy. I work with a lot of moms who need energy for their kids. Um, when their fertility, when their cycle is off, sometimes it means their thyroid, sometimes it means just hormones are getting all thrown off. So helping them get that sustained energy to take care of the house and the family and the kids. Um, yeah. And obviously using a ketogenic approach, I have one client that is a little more on the paleo side because she doesn't have the insulin resistance. So we can allow more of that. And, but most of my clients is a ketogenic or a carnivore approach, depending on what their symptoms are. That's super interesting. Um, and it sounds like you're, you're very knowledgeable and very um, thoughtful in your approach and, and using a lot of data. I think that's awesome. Can you talk about becoming um, a master primal health coach and why you decided to take that route and um, go through that certification? Yeah. So I guess I could compare it to, you know, when something changes your life, a lot of people will connect this to religion. And if there's people that aren't religious out there, you, you can connect it to something else. But sometimes like God or whoever enters your life, changes your life, and you can't help but shout it from the rooftops and tell people like, you need this. Like this is, what is going to solve X, Y, Z problem. For me, that's what ketogenic did. And learning about even simple things like the seed oils, how that affects people. Because there's certain parts of the diet um, or the lifestyle, I should say, that everybody really needs, like getting rid of majority of processed foods and, and seed oils. Um, but then there's there's other parts where, for example, my aunt is very metabolically healthy and she just wanted to know how to eat better. She doesn't have insulin resistance. She doesn't have diabetes. You know, she's a very fit person. She's somebody I feel like doesn't need to get rid of all the vegetables and all the fruits. Like she's metabolizing it perfectly fine. So just helping her see, well, all you need to do is just up the fats a little bit because we do have a history of Alzheimer's on my mom's side of the family. Pretty much every single person my grandmother and all her siblings have had dementia or Alzheimer's. So we really want to be preventative on that as well. So I told my aunt, like, just, just up your fats, just protect your brain, you know, make sure it's, it's good. And then I have people, um, gosh, I got totally sidetracked on this where I was going, but remind me where the question was. Cause I don't want to get too much. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Uh, I was asking why you chose to go with the master oh. primal health coach. Yes. So where I was going with that is when I when I wanted to do the coaching, I looked at a lot of different programs that were keto carnivore coaching, and I still felt like there was something missing. And so then I just kind of started branching out a little bit that didn't hone in only on keto or carnivore. And I found Primal Health. I read Mark Sisson's book. And I said, you know what? I like this approach because like I said, I don't feel like everybody 
most people will benefit from keto or carnivore, but I don't feel like everybody needs to. And there are some people that need a little bit more of a step-by-step approach. So that's one thing I liked about it. I also like how objective it was, um, just giving the solid science about cholesterol, glucose, our ancestors, you know, all those kind of things. So getting that history lesson. And then what I like, another unique thing they had was every chapter of the certification course, they had a business building thing. So just even from a practical standpoint for a coach being like, how do I build this small business? They guided every single chapter how to build it. So that um, coaching practice and the solid facts led me to do the certification. As I was completing the certification, they came out with what they called a level two course. They now call it a master course. And with that master course, we had 12 weeks of practice with each other, with our other um, students in the class on live Zoom. So one day would have the practicalities of coaching, science, psychology type of stuff. Um, And then the second day of the week, we would practice those skills with each other, which was really neat to be able to do that um, and then filter it into my practice as well. And then hopefully in the long run, which it can't be till November, my goal is to become nationally board certified um, and sit the board exam for health coaches as well. So that was the other reason I did those two. I wanted one that had credentials with the National Board of Certification for Health Coaches. Yeah, that's great. I remember, um, gosh, this must have been like back in 2016, I was considering doing the Primal Health Coach or 2017. I don't know if it even existed then. <laughs> um, course under Mark Sisson. Um, and yeah, I didn't end up doing it, but it seemed uh, very comprehensive. It really was. And um, <laughs> so upon completion of the certification, they send you like some books and posters and you know, t-shirts, whatever. And they send you the textbook at the end. This thing was 800 pages. It looks like a giant calculus book. It's huge. Oh my gosh. And I'm thinking, I cannot believe I read through all that. Like that was the first thing I posted when I announced like, okay, I'm done with the class. Great. I showed the book in my stories and I'm just like, this thing is, is massive. And I, I, it was all digital. It was all online. So yeah, just looking at it, I'm like, goodness gracious, I think I would have been too intimidated if I saw the book at first. It's probably why they don't send it in the beginning. Yeah, me too. That's an accomplishment alone, <laughs> reading all yeah. that, no uh, let, let alone di- digesting it and being able to apply it. And uh, another thing that we had messaged back and forth about, Jen, was um, reintroduction um, on Carnivore. Um, you want to chat about like how you've been thinking about that and anything you wanted to touch on? Actually, yeah, I'd I'd love to chat on that. Um, So after I celebrated, I guess they call your one year carniversary, I was thinking about it. And like I mentioned before, variety is is pretty important for me, not necessarily for nutrition, but just the mental game. In high school, I was a big binger as well. Stress, all those kind of things. I would just run to the food. So looking hindsight and seeing that was my history. And there were times of struggle with carnivore during the year. There were times where, you know, we went to visit family and I felt bad eating all the meats kind of thing. You know, it's like I would bring extra just in case, but it's, it was more of the mental game. So, I mean, I, I could talk about that forever. 
as far as the reintroduction part, I thought, okay, well, that, that's essentially what carnivore should be. You know, see what your body can tolerate. If you can tolerate carrots and broccoli and whatever, then I, I personally don't see a huge harm in it. Um, so I started doing that actually, I think like a month ago, a little around a month ago or two weeks ago, somewhere in there, two to four weeks ago. And I started like every two-ish days trying a new vegetable, broccoli, green beans, carrots, everything was fine. And then it was about a week ago, I started noticing my skin issues that carnivore healed started coming back. And there, I won't get too descriptive with it, but it's, it's very painful on my feet. And I, I'm pretty sure it's a type of psoriasis. I, the dermatologist had no idea what it was, but that's already oh, coming no. back. Yeah. That came back. My energy was starting to crash and my um, sinus issues for a whole week. I had like sinus stuff and I tested for the virus just in case. Like I don't, I want to give like, I don't want to just be like, oh, it's the diet. You know, it could have been something else. It wasn't the virus. So um, I attributed it to that. I thought about it and I realized during the month of May, I was trying to eliminate dairy. So I was using coconut milk like the unsweetened canned one. And my gut feeling is that's what kind of set me back. It was probably accumulating during that month. And then coincidentally introducing the veggies, um, it started kind of flaring up a bit more. So I'm, I'm back to square one and just carnivore only. Um, and once everything clears up, I'm going to start again with the vegetables and not doing any coconut, nuts, just no nuts whatsoever and see how that heals. So yeah, I'm, I, I don't want people to think like, oh, you have to introduce it. Or I just, I'm very much do what you do, do like do what makes you feel good in a sense. And for me, I feel good carnivore only. I could do it, but the mental game, I, I like having during the summer, a s- simple crunchy veggie in the evening or something. You know what I mean? Otherwise I start running to the chocolate and whatever else we have. Yeah. I think it's very individual, of course. Um, and you know, there are plenty of people who, um, would do better or prefer to just stay on like a hundred percent only animal-based foods. Um, and I, I actually had the fortune of speaking, um, with a, uh, women's, um, binge eating disorder group um, earlier this week. And I was talking about my food reintroduction and some of them were saying, oh, that would never work for me because I have binge eating disorder and it would lead to binges. Um, And so I could see instances where um, for certain people it's, you know, it's not attractive, but um, like you, you know yourself really well and you know that having like a small amount of some vegetables or something like that will help you um, stay away from, uh, cravings and eating, eating more, um, uh, or, or eating things you don't necessarily want to. Um, so I think that's, that's great approach is like understanding what it does for you. Um, the thing I would say about reintroduction is, um, and this applies more to like digestive symptoms, not necessarily like psoriasis type symptoms, though it could, um, is, uh, two things. One, like do it one food at a time. Like, like it sounds like you're going to, um, and, and there are many different ways to do it. You can research them, but the one I followed was based on the whole 30 reintroduction method. 
Um, so post Whole30, they recommend try one food for three days on top of your baseline diet, which for you can be carnivore, and then right. go back one day of just carnivore, then test the next food. Um, so you could do it with like carrots or you could do it with like, I don't know, cucumbers, whatever. And and one one thing at a time. And, and during that time, you monitor like, you know, how did this make me feel? How did it affect my cravings? How did it affect how full I am? How did it affect my energy, my digestion? And, and you just take very careful notes. So that's one thing, one food at a time. The other thing I would say is I see this a lot in the carnivore community. People will be strict carnivore for a long time. And then they'll be like, I tried some mushrooms and I got so sick and bloated and felt awful. So I know mushrooms are not for me forever. That's not necessarily the case. Your body adapts to foods. Um, and so whether it's a blood sugar spike, digestive symptoms, I don't know about the psoriasis and, and other type things, but definitely like brain fog or things like that. Um, it could just be that the first couple times you have that food that happens. Yeah. So like for me, for instance, when I was reintroducing foods, um, for a certain amount of time, I couldn't tolerate like more than five grams of fiber a day without having really bad issues. Now I can easily eat like 40 or 50 grams of fiber in a day. No problem. And I think if I had always just, you know, tried five grams of fiber and then been like, oh, I feel awful. Go back to carnivore and never like slowly allowed myself to assimilate back to it. Um, I would have always thought that I would have those symptoms or those foods would never be good for me. So I think some people are too much on the side of try something once and then like banish it forever, find out it doesn't work, which is a hard message to hear because when you're doing the food reintroduction thing, that's kind of what you're testing for. Um, But it's just a pattern I see. So I thought I would bring that up. No, it's, it's a really good one to bring up. And, and I, sh- I should have mentioned that too, like the process of it. I know I went like a day extra too fast in a sense. It was just kind of mm-hmm. one of those, well, I have no more broccoli cooked right now. So yeah, I was like two days. Okay. Three days is pretty darn close. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, that, that's the approach I was actually aiming for. Uh, and then the other thing I remember hearing, I think Judy Cho was talking about was making sure okay, if I'm going to introduce some broccoli, I'm not going to have like a huge cup of broccoli. It's going to be like a few sprigs ever. Yeah, yeah. You were saying with the fiber intake because you need, like you said, you need your body to slowly adapt to it and rebuild those enzymes that haven't been working as much. And it would be like a shock to the system. And unfortunately, yeah, some people do feel like they, maybe they have like a huge cup of strawberries or like a whole banana or I don't know, whatever it is. And then they say, oh, my blood sugar spiked and, and I don't feel good and I'm bloated. And it's like, well, okay, hold on a second. What, how much do you actually consume? Like <laughs> yeah. bring it back a little bit yeah, um, and just give it a chance. And yeah, I think the adaptability part is definitely overlooked a lot. And, and, and again, I'm, I, I am good friends with some people I know will probably be carnivore for a very long time due to the addiction aspect of even something as simple as fruits. You know, there's a lot of carnivore people saying now like, oh, you need fruits and honey for your thyroid. Well, not if you were a diabetic, not if you're a food addict, not if, you know what I mean? Like that's going to signal the same part of the brain. So 
it's just very individualized. And I have some clients. I have a client that was using carnivore um, for colitis and also for um, binge eating history. And it's been, I think, five months now. And we just touched upon the introduction aspect. And she said, I'm thinking about it, but I'm really nervous. And I said, okay, we don't have to do it yet. You're fine. You have enough nutrients. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to force one way of eating on, you know, people that it's, it's just different. I, I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, like it's a common theme, but yeah, I yeah. completely agree with you. Um, yeah. Even like with blood sugar, for instance, like, yeah, you may have that a high spike response, even to a small amount of fruit. Um, but it's well-documented that like your body's ability to process blood glucose takes like 14 days to adapt. So if you're coming from a carnivore ketogenic diet, people talk about metabolic flexibility, carnivore keto make you metabolically inflexible. (laughs) Your ability to handle carbs is severely limited, but it comes back really quickly. So, so, you know, after 14 days of having, like, say you wanted to reintroduce a banana, you have a banana a day. Um, after 14 days, you'll notice your blood sugar spikes from when you have that banana are way less yeah. um, than, than previous. So yeah, that's just an example of how um, sometimes you have to give things a little bit more time. It's actually really interesting. The metabolic flexibility topic, um, I was like just really against it for a bit. <laughs> I think mainly coming from a therapeutic ketosis viewpoint, no one could really answer me when I was like, okay, wait, so being in ketosis is bad for you all the time. Well then mm. what about me who I need to do this for therapy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it's okay for you. I, I, I'm trying to understand this. Like, well, why is it okay for me just because I need it for therapeutic? Like if it's, if it's bad for another human being, it's going to be bad for me too. Right? No, no, no. You need it. It's like, wait, okay. This isn't making sense to me. This is apology. <laughs> so, um, so then I just kind of really started studying it on myself. And, and I, I do understand where they're coming from to a certain point. And especially with one of my clients I just had this week. And of course, I'm keeping them nameless. So I'm protecting their privacy. But um, she went on vacation. She's actually one of the few moderators I have ever met. She's, she's legit moderator. She can have two bites and be fine. So she went on vacation, decided, you know what? Um, I am going here. They have this very special dessert here. I am going to enjoy that dessert. In the meantime, she was walking a lot. Like she was constantly moving, probably five miles a day, five, six miles a day. I think she was doing plus other stuff moving around and she has kids and all that. She ended up losing 10 pounds in two weeks. She broke her weight plateau, reintroducing some carbs. And it was very, she she still was under 50 carbs a day. So she was still very strict, but before she was more pretty close to carnivore. So it's just very interesting what you're saying, like just learning the body and learning the person. Okay. She, she tried something out and realized it worked for her because she's a moderator. She's not going to go binge on it. You know, she's, she's okay with it. Um, And now she's back home and she's, back to carnivore, you know, so she was able to flex in and out of glucose burning, ketone burning, and, and actually help to lose a little more weight. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting that whole metabolic flexibility topic. Yeah. I think a lot of people throw the term around and don't necessarily know what it means. And also are saying it's like good or bad, or you have to have it, or you shouldn't have it. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit too much of speaking in absolutes for my taste. 
It's true. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that's, that's one of the things I liked about, like, I, I pride myself in this coaching is I don't, I keep saying it. I don't subscribe to one way or another. I like to get to know the client, where they're at, what their situation is, um, what their goals are and adapt it to them. You know, I have a 21 day program I'm starting soon in the end of the month for people that are just too scared to jump in for whatever reason is like, if they're, I don't really know how to do keto or carnivore and I don't really want to jump into that. Okay. Well, let's just clean out the diet. Let's just start from very basics. And and that's what that 21 day program will be. Um, and so, yeah, I have things like that, just trying as a health coach to be well-rounded and meeting people where they're at. Yeah. And I can tell you've been doing this for a long time and have helped a lot of people because you are, um, so thoughtful and you're not making people do it a certain way, um, shows that you really know what you're doing and you really care, Jen. Um, great. Well, this has been fantastic. Really appreciate you taking the time, Jen, where can people find out more about you and connect with you if they want to? Um, I'll of course have links to everything in the show notes as well. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Um, so I'm most active on Instagram and my handle there is coach Jen Winkler, uh, Jen with one N. I have my website, the ketogenic Pretty easy to remember. It's, it rhymes. <laughs> and yeah, you can find information about me, about my services, what I offer on there. I definitely post pretty often on Instagram. Um, Facebook, I don't really do too much of, to be honest, but those are the two main places I would say you could find my stuff. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much, Scott. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the Carnivore Cast on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create content on Carnivore. There are also exclusive perks available, such as private Q&As, consultations with me, and more. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash carnivorecast. Check the episode description for the link. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at carnivorecast or go to carnivorecast.com. You can also email me at info at carnivorecast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.